I always try to surprise start it. He did. Yeah, he does it, and it, it works very well. So, uh, hey guys, welcome back to the Lead Fast Podcast. I'm Daniel. We're joined with our fearless leader Tommy and Marlon Gordon. And uh, yeah. this is going to be a special one. Uh, Tommy and Marlon have known each other for a little while. And uh, this is going to be interesting to see the dynamic between the two. Tommy, tell us a little bit about uh, Marlon, please, sir. Well, so I'm, I'm going to let Marlon tell the story, so I won't give too much of it away. But uh, so I've known Marlon for a while now. So Marlon actually worked with me on our second startup. So on this on the on the Mill Viewer project, okay. uh, Marlon came in and was pretty crucial to our success. And uh, I always say and we have always said even here, like like Marlon never worked for me. He worked with me. We both worked for Mill Viewer, mm. but he worked with me. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so Marlon's now doing his own thing. We'll catch up and we'll hear a little bit about that and, uh, some of the stuff. So, but Marlon was really one of the very first people that did lead fast. And so when I was sort of just coming up with this idea and this concept of wanting to coach people, Marlon came to me and was like, Hey, I'm thinking about making this big life move. And, uh, and Marlon was still working with our company, but you know, we always had this sort of culture where. You, everybody could talk to me about anything without fear of anything. So Mar Marlon came and was like, how do you think this is going to get perceived? What do you think? So I gave him some advice and he ended up launching his own company that's doing really, really well. And so super like he came in the other day and I was like, you've got to come on the podcast. Uh, he, was, he was just catching me up with all the stuff they're doing. But like you cornered him. You got him. I did. And, and I'll say it. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to you're going to hear me say it today a million times. And so I'm going to say it to his face, but could not be more proud of uh, the work Marlon's doing. He's that's awesome. Freaking that's really crushing cool. it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna um, we'll get we're gonna give Marlon a yellow card. We've already like determined that we're gonna make him cry today. Uh, and I've shuffled him. So. Shuffled him, but so we're, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. In case Marlon snuck in here last night and put his card at the top, I might have. You never know. No, no, no. no. So, okay, so I, I mean, we have some questions before we get started with the card. We might even say the card for the very end. But how did you how did you two guys meet? I know you, you worked at Millviewer, but you wanna you wanna take that one? Yeah, I got it. I, mean, I feel like I mean, I've known you for a long time now. Almost a decade. Almost a decade. Really? That's real? Yeah, real talk. Real talk. Almost a decade. So I was the uh, IT program manager for a food service department in Pasco County, Florida. Okay. Um, and so lots of people don't know what that means. He was the lunchroom nerd. All right. That was me. So Marlon was responsible for making sure all the IT ran for the food service program, the lunchroom program at a very large school district in Florida. And I was trying to sell software to a very large school district. And he, he was trying super hard. To sell it to you. To sell it to me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we actually met at a trade show. It was Daytona. Yeah. <laughs> Daytona. And we're not going to talk a lot about that. No, trip. let's talk about Daytona. I want it now. I'm just kidding. So, okay. So Marlon and I met at a trade show in Daytona. And Marlon and I instantly hit it off. Like, wow. we're just the same. Like, we loved, like, the same people. And Mill Viewer was known sort of in our industry for being the fun time company. Like we always had the most fun. We threw great parties, the best part, the best parties. I mean, there's one, there's one other company that sort of like perennially throws one big giant party and they're awesome. And we love super bakery. That's Hey, what's going on? Um, and so they're great, but every state show we threw all these great parties and Marlon loves to dance. He loves to be at a <laughs> party. I'm really, I'm really, by the way, shocked that you're not wearing a bow tie right now. So you know what it was? Actually, the first time I saw it, it was like, this is going to be my guy because you had a bow tie on. That's right. We were both rocking a bow tie. Oh, man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it was in Daytona like nine years ago, I think. And we just, it was an instant connection. I, I don't know if it's like energies meeting or whatever it was, but just like that right away, I was like, 
this is the guy. And I instantly saw the leadership and mentorship possibilities with him. And I was like, I gotta do whatever I gotta do to, to follow this guy and learn so yeah. I can grow to be like him. That, yeah, that's, that's what I call the Plus, we, we, we had an open bar that night. So that, <laughs> that, helps, that helps a little bit. And VIP. No, I call, I call that the time effect. He definitely has a great, like, energy. You know, like, oh, yeah. I don't really know anybody that has your energy. You wear me out. Like, I have to, it's hard to keep up with, with what you do. But that, so you guys met, it's been 10 years. And uh, so how did the, the work relationship start? You know, like, how did you go from where you're at to working with Tommy? Well, first I bought his product, his, his product, and then shortly after he stole me from my district. I know, okay, wait, wait. No. Let's 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 correct the record because I don't want anyone to be mad. I didn't steal Marlon. Marlon and I were having a like casual conversation on the phone one day, and he goes, "Listen, man, I just got to tell you, if there's any way for me to come work for you, I'm down. Anytime you need it, like I just want to be around, like what you're doing." Now Marlon lived in Florida. We're based in South Carolina. And I was like, I don't know, man, we don't have any remote people. And he was like, no, I'll move. And like literally 90 days later, he was living with his family and kids wow. in South Carolina. And I was like, well, I guess I got to I got to hire him. <laughs> <laughs> but I have to give a shout out to my old director, Julie Hedin. Because Gosh, incredible. Julie's so cool. I went to her and it was a pretty, a pretty important time for us because they were getting ready to switch over software. So we just bought MuleViewer. He bought point of sale software, back of house mm -hmm. software, which is like inventory management. Like, menu calculations like all that stuff all right so it's a big deal for us we had to train like 800 employees and at the same time i'm trying to chase my dream so i walk into her office i close the door and i sit down she's like oh no marlon what now <laughs> yeah the, the closed door is never a good by the way if you're a leader the closed door never a good sign if you ever if you ever come into my office and i say hey can you do me a favor shut the door <laughs> oh boy, it's it's either going to be fantastic or it's going to be life altering one way or the other. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be yeah. a great news or horrible news. And no option. It was definitely life altering because she like she has been one of the most influential people in my life because she allowed me to grow into the person that yeah. I am today. That's awesome. And she loved me, so she let me go. And she was fully supportive. Has been supportive of me the entire time I've been doing my own thing. She's absolutely amazing. And if she didn't allow me to go, I'd probably still be a Pasco today because I was loyal to her. I'm yeah. a very loyal person. And I, I didn't want to abandon her. And I felt like I was somewhat yeah. abandoning her. But she was like, hey, like, she's like, I know Tommy. I know you. He's the perfect mentor for you, for you at this time in your life. And I feel like you need to. So did you, you sat down and explained to her basically, hey, I'm, I'm pursuing my dream. Is that, is that what it was? Yeah. Did you know, did you, did you have like the end goal in mind? Or did you just kind of know that? hey, there's something different that I kind of want to pursue. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to be over here, but. I never knew what my end goal was until probably I turned 33. Um, yeah, six I, I, years later. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> later, <the best> <laughs> later, it was a lot later. That's important. I think a lot of people, they don't make the change to follow their dream until they know what that is. And sometimes it's, it's not about the destination, sometimes about the journey, the process. You know, in one of the, in the, I think the last podcast episode, we talked about the fact that a great leader if you're gonna be a great leader, if you're going to empower people and give them opportunity, when you get, there's a, there's a certain level that your organization gets to where you don't have opportunities for people anymore, that gets limited. And the best thing that a great leader can do is turn people loose because you really have to, and, and Julie's a great leader. Like she's, she's just phenomenal. And that was a pivotal moment because she could have fought for Marlon. She yeah. could have said, you know, no, our organization needs your skill set, And even though, you're not a place where you feel fulfilled. I still need you to stay here. And she could have fought. She could have sweetened the deal or whatever. Like she could have 
But what she wanted more than anything was for her people to be fulfilled, and so she let Marlon go. And I think you know, we didn't know what to do with him. You know, we knew he was going to do sales. We knew he was connected, like he was well respected in their industry, and and could speak from our customers' point of view. And so we knew he was going to do sales. We knew he would do well just because of how we operated. That he was going to be personable and fun and all. But um, ten out of ten exceeded expectations on uh, everything. And so just could not be that was a great move but beyond that like we were friends um before he came to work for us and but he was like he became family so fast and like you know we had a family environment my mom and dad both worked for us and daniel and everybody else and so um yeah he sort of got just adopted in immediately yeah and that's one thing i love about the culture of meal viewer is it's family it's all about family and i was it's so easy for me to just go there and feel like family like yeah. in the first day i was like oh this is my brother tommy yeah no, that's yeah, how we sure. feel here i mean that definitely follows you around um i want to ask a question that uh i think a lot of people probably want to know especially since you've done this man you started uh you know here you saw you wanted to be here you took steps um how, how scary was it how scary was that Honestly, it wasn't scary at all. Really? Not the slightest. I am very faithful, and uh -huh. I feel like I've been very blessed. And if God has a plan for me, like, what's the point of being right. fearful? I mean, yeah. if, if this is what he wants me to do, yeah. nothing's going to get in my way. I'm just going to go and do it, and I'll be fine. That confidence is, is awesome, man, because I think people— Yeah, that's one thing Marlon doesn't lack. <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, well, Some things good. I do. Some things. And that's what I want to <laughs> highlight, because I, there's so many people— I think probably everybody who would listen to this podcast— is looking for something bigger, whether they're in the process of doing that or they know they need to do that, like write a book, you know, like w start up a business, wh whatever it is. And it can be scary. It can be very scary to look at what all goes into that, to look at the process, and even to just take the first step to start that. It can be scary. It can be horrifying. And I think that's why I'm trying to highlight these things because people need to know, you know, like where your confidence is at when you do that. Now, I know everybody's story is different. Some people may not be as confident as, as others, but um, I think that's a really good key takeaway from that is just you had a high confidence level and it paid off, you know, like. Yeah, well, this, it wasn't confidence in me, it was confidence in above. And I never knew what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I just knew I was supposed to do something and I just kept on putting myself in positions to grow. And Tommy provided one of those, one of those opportunities to grow and I was able to. And that's a, such a key takeaway that like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, but I, like we, we always talk here about farming and, and about how like the far, the expectation, the fruit is the expectation of good farming. It's not, you know, you can't force fruit, you know, and how Marlon's, what he's saying is like, I knew I was seed, but I put myself in the right environments. Uh, I, I always, yeah, yeah. I was always looking for better dirt. That's such a good analogy. Um, yeah. And you can do that. Like as if you, if you feel like there's something bigger on the inside of you, that's an indication that you're just seed mm -hmm. because if you were fruit, you'd be at the end of your day. Yeah. Right. But if you feel like there's something bigger on the inside of you, then that's like the inside of you saying you're just seed. And if you can find the right dirt, then you can progress. And Marlon was really proactive in finding the right dirt. Um, and then the, and the areas that I saw Marlon become frustrated was when he was, it was very obvious he was in the wrong dirt. Um, and, and so, but, but that's, I mean, like literally like when, when you, we talk about the fact that good organizations lose great people because there's a lack of opportunity. There's a lack of understanding. There's a lack of empowerment. And when that happened, um, when we made some transitions and Marlon got put in and not in, and by the way, wrong dirt's not the same thing as saying bad dirt. Mm-hmm. Because some things grow in certain environments, right? right? So, right. so cactuses grow in sand, and you know peaches won't. So, like that's that's a difference, right? And so, 
it was the wrong dirt for Marlon. It wasn't necessarily bad dirt because those people I love are going to listen to this and say, he called me bad dirt. Um, <laughs> that's not, it's not what I'm saying. I love all of you guys, but for Marlon, it was the wrong dirt, right? It was the wrong dirt. And, and I have, I have an uncanny ability. I've been in the same dirt. I have an uncanny, uncanny ability of growing different seeds. And so I just decided, Oh, well, I'm going to grow the thing that'll grow here. And then I'll, I'll figure out what to grow later. Um, but Marlon is so like laser focused on becoming a better leader and he needed to be in dirt that grew that. So um, he came to me one day and he goes, Hey, I, I want to talk to you. And he came in privately, shut the door and I knew something was up. Uh-oh. Same conversation he had with Julie. Um, and, uh, and he just basically said, Hey, I've got this opportunity. I'm thinking about starting my own business. Here are the people I'm going to be starting it with. And they were phenomenal people. And so I was like, man, you got a, you got a real shot at it and you got a great idea. Here are the thing. And I just basically took Marlon through the lead fast program and was like, here are the five things you got to look for. This is how you structure the business. These are all the things. And then, I, and he was like, all right. And then like literally 30 days later, he's like, yeah, we got our first customer. I was like, how in the hell? What the? <laughs> so yeah. So I, I, Marlon will always have a place at anything I'm doing because he's such a phenomenal leader. So yeah. we'll find a spot for him, but well, he's doing his own thing. now. What did that look like for you? When you, uh, you, when you started, uh, uh, LeafFast wasn't a thing at the time. This was just in your head, right? It was, it was, it was an infant. Infant, very infant lead fast, um, infant stages. So when Tommy like kind of walked you through that, you know, and you started doing that, how, like, what was the process like? Was it, um, was it slow to start? I mean, did you, when did you feel like, okay, this is getting some momentum. Okay. And then you snagged a customer. Like, I can't really say it was slow to start. It almost happened instantaneously. It's like, once I put it out there, once I made it an actual thing, it just started flowing. Like it just started happening. Um, so (laughs) it's, it's, I don't think that what happened with me is the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit abnormal, as you guys probably know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I was blessed with the ability to have a lot of relationships in K-12. So whenever I wanted to step out and I wanted to consult on my own, do my own thing, like I had a customer list already that I was able to pretty much build during my time at Pasco and during my time working with Mulebeer and so on. So once people knew that I was able to go freelance and start doing my own thing, they wanted to get involved with me. And let's explain what it is you do, because we haven't covered that yet. So you co-founded NextGen Innovators, um, which is a company that helps a, an industry that was 40 years behind. Like the school school food industry is still, you know, ladling out Sloppy Joe a little bit. You know, like they're still like this is the same food that you had, um, the, the same, sorry, the same production methods that you had. The food has gotten incredibly better huge uh, improvement in the food, but you went to an industry that desperately needed innovation and started providing new methodologies. And so talk a little bit about that because we may have someone watching this that is in school food and I want you to at least be able to tell what you do. Yeah, so I love to serve, I love being innovative, right? Um, I'm a people pleaser. So my very first day on the job with Tommy, or I'm sorry, my very first demo that I went on was at a school district in Tennessee. It was like a little trailer in the middle of nowhere, right? So I come from a, a big district. We had like 80 plus sites. And here I'm going to this district, it's like four four sites, meaning four schools. And there was a food service director and she had a secretary that she, that she shared with another department. So we just got to talking and like she mentioned to me how she wanted to do more innovative things, didn't have the bandwidth to do it, because um, it was just her, you know, and she ran like three departments. And I'm like, wow, like, I didn't know it was like this. It was almost culture shock for me coming from a big district where we had a director, assistant director, yeah. team development program manager, like uh, finance, like all these different departments with multiple people on each team. Like I had a team of four, right? 
So, um, so your I, team was bigger than her whole my district. My team was bigger than, yeah. than, than her district office, yeah. Um, but day after day, I kept seeing the same thing over and over and over again. I'm like, oh man, like, how can I help them? Like, what can I do to serve, to, to help them feed more children, essentially? And I was like, you know what? It's got to the point where like, I need to start my own company and I need to start consulting and helping people. So one thing I learned about myself is I don't know everything and I don't want to pretend to know everything, but I know a lot of really smart people that know a lot of different things. I know a lot of experts, I got resources. So my uh, my current business partner, Amanda, she likes to say I assembled the Avengers. So I, was, I just brought together yeah. a superhero squad and we just serve and that's what we do. Whether it's um, retired directors, whether it's current food, food service employees, uh, different companies, manufacturers, like we all have the same goal in mind and that's to help feed children. That's what we do. Wow. And it's one of those things too where if you know Marlon, you know that the people connected to him to, to him are quality people because he doesn't hang out with garbage folks. And so when you start looking at the people he's collected, the brands that they <clears throat> represent, all that stuff, then you go, mm, uh, so that's a good brand. And you can you immediately build credibility as a brand if you're working with Marlon um, because he has so much trust in the industry, but it, it's just not trust that he like was given. He earned it. Like he really knows what he's talking about. And so, um, but that's, but that's such a great, like, you know, point for business owners. Like God, he, he went out into a, into a market that was, it's very niche. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's very small. Like you've got at the max, a hundred thousand customers. If you owned a hundred percent of the market, you know, there's only a hundred thousand schools. And that seems like a lot, you know, a lot of people are like, man, if I had 100,000 customers, but if you're looking at like scale, you're trying to be Facebook or anybody, they want hundreds of millions of customers, you yeah, know, like that yeah. kind of thing. And so, but there's a very niche market. And then there's a smaller percentage of that market that's little and needs innovation and wants help. And then there's a smaller percentage of that market still that has budget. And then there's a smaller, so, but, but if you find a place where you can be dominant and provide overwhelming value as a business, you win, you win every day. Um, and, and if your goals are to grow a business that serves people, we, you know, we talk about that attraction is value and relevance. Well, obviously the relevance factor was handled because Marlon, um, was updating their systems, their methodologies and helping them communicate with students better and all these other things they were, that they were so irrelevant that any improvement was an improvement, a huge improvement. But the value, you know, it really is the value that he brings, the value that he gives, and the value that he leaves. And so when Marlon comes in, and this is just a great example for everybody, but he, he gives value. So he's willing to just give away ideas and give away access to people and, and broker his relationships to put people in touch with each other. So he gives away a yeah. ton of value, right? Yeah. But then he also brings a ton of value because he does know so much. And, and his company... You know, like he has this thing called First Taste TV. I'll let you talk about it. But like First Taste TV gives a opportunity for brands to interact with, you know, cafeteria programs all over the nation. Even now when like they're not doing food shows because of COVID and all the other things. Like this is one of the very, very few, if if only outlet that you can you know, be in front of lots of food service providers. So he brings value, like he, being connected to him is valuable but then he always, he never he always leaves you better and more equipped and so he's also leaving value right mm-hmm. even when he's not interacting with you even when he's not uh, connected <clears throat> to you anymore or you know like Marlon and I are just back to friends you know we're we're, coll- we're not colleagues anymore and we're not partners in any way 
but he still he's left tremendous value in my yeah. life. But like every business needs to know that like if you're going to be valuable to your customers, you have to approach all three of those things. You have to give away value, you have to bring value, and then you have to leave value and always in that order. And so if you're a business, a small business owner out there and you're looking at like what can I do to improve my relationships with my customers, my relationships with the people around me, it's really just a matter of focusing on those three things as a start. Am I effectively giving value? Am I bringing value in the relationship? And am I leaving value once it's over? Yeah. And Marlon does that better than, maybe even better than us. I'm not gonna lie, like maybe even better than us. Like we work real hard at it and he's, we have to work real hard because honestly it's not natural for me. That's why I try to hire people that it is, um, but Marlon's already taken. But that's a natural thing for Marlon. We do, we do really well, really naturally at other parts of the process, um, but Marlon really just nails that first thing. So it sounds like you, you paid attention to the lead fast. I mean, because that's <laughs> essentially that's what well, he watched it. He yeah. watched it for eight years. Yeah. He got to be a part of it. I think that's man. I think that's a, like a great testament to the system and how it works. And, and the fact that it's not, in my opinion, uh, something that I feel like you can hear it or see it, read it, however you decide to digest it. But it's not something that it's a struggle to get these steps going like it is very applicable to real world and any I mean niche jobs like like that that you just have to be very specialized in I think that speaks to that system that's insane that it kind of worked that well almost instantaneously like that mind-blowing to me yeah and I do have to I don't think I ever told you this Tommy but uh, I'm in I'm I'm 100% it's nothing like that nothing like that so my first day in the office I saw a book on your on your desk and it was it's not just who you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I ever told you that I went ahead and I downloaded it and I read it. It's a great book. It's an amazing book. And I think that helped me with my foundation because I always thought I was introverted. People, like I tell people that and they're like, there's no way you're not introverted. That's impossible. Well, working at Pasco helped me to kind of grow a bit. And I was starting to realize, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not. Right. And then I get to meal viewer and they're all extroverted. Like, he, you know, look at Tommy, like he's an extrovert. Right. And then 100%. I 100 percent, 100 percent. And then I. <laughs> I swear I'm not. We'll talk about that. Maybe, maybe not in, in, maybe so, not so in Tommy. Like yeah. I'm a gamer. Yeah. I'm a game time guy, man. We're, we're extroverted introverts. Yeah. Yeah. But then, because I never really wanted to build relationships and network and meet people. I was, I was just shy. Like in my head, I was shy. I was all in my head. And I read this book on Tommy's desk and it, it, it was like water on the seed, right? And from that point on, like I just started growing and growing and growing and, and realizing how important relationships are. Because in my youth, I used to, I could burn a bridge like nobody else, right? Just explosions. Right. Yeah. And then I realized that you can't do that. You need to value every single person because you never know if you're meant to help them, right. they're meant to help you, or you're meant to work together on something. And I can't tell you how many times I've come across people where it's just a small meeting, like I'm just kind, right? Yeah. I'm just kind to them and then, six months a year down the road we're now working on something huge together that's it's great the craziest thing yeah. it's, that, it's that uh it's the uh, big door swing on small hinges yeah. thing you know like that that those those moments of connections and relationships build the opportunity and the yeah. opportunity is the big door everybody gets to walk through but that's all built on the small hinges of relationship and mutual care and respect and all that stuff so um, that's cool. I didn't know that story. Yeah. As, as, by the way, we, we talk a lot about all the books that we read, but you know, we always, we're always plugging rich dad, poor rich dad. dad, poor dad. Um, uh, but you know, it's not just who, you know, it's not just what, you know, sorry. It's not just what, you know, it's a great book. Phenomenal book. Okay. I'm going to spring a little question on you. 
because I'm curious. What is uh, what's your favorite Tommy moment that you've had since you've known? Oh him? Lord, no, wait, it doesn't let's, have to let's be clarified. Let's. What's the favorite Tommy moment you can actually say out loud <laughs> in public? My favorite Tommy moment. It doesn't have to be even business related. Just your favorite Tommy moment. That's a tough one. There, there have been so many Tommy moments. Yeah, um, I guess I can say my favorite Tommy moment was whenever he made me do a, uh, a breakout session, like a workshop. I had to teach a class at the Illinois conference. And, <laughs> and you weren't expecting to do it. I was expecting to do it, but he had something come up. And you know what? Like, I'm his guy, so I need to help him out because he had something, something else come up. And I was petrified of getting up in front of people and talking. He also never said that to me. <laughs> petrified. I was like, oh, he'll crush this. No big deal. I, I still hate it to this day, right? <laughs> but you know what? I had faith, not confidence, I had faith. So I just, I manned up, I went and did it, and it went well. And I was like, holy cow, like, yeah. Tommy knew I can do this. I may not have seen it, but he saw it. Mm -hmm. I went and did it, and now I learned that I can do it. And now I'm a co-host on a talk show. It's craziest thing. Yeah, uh, it was, I've, I've got some, I've got some good Marlin moments, but we won't, we'll save those for another podcast. I'll go on his podcast. Oh, yeah. No, that's what happened with me. I found out I was hosting this podcast the day before the podcast and I was horrified. I'm like, I don't know. I'm I'm usually on the other side of the camera. I don't, I don't want this, but, um, Tommy has a way of springing those things on you and it's kind of, and it, you know, it works. I don't hate it. Like I'm not as, I'm not as like the first day I did this. I didn't even want to talk. I'm like, I'm going to say something stupid. I'm, and now I'm just okay with it. And now he's just realized that saying something stupid is okay. Yeah, everything I say is stupid, so it's okay. Yeah, the bar is very low for me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, well, let's, uh, if you don't have anything else, let's shift yeah, to the, let's do a card, man. the famous this is my yellow card. No, geez. I'm going to shuffle them one more time, and we're going to get this top one. Are we all picking the card, or just me? Uh, well, we can share the pain. Oh, I don't sure? mind. Oh, I don't know. That. <laughs> what are three major emotions that you're carrying right now? Excitement, mm -hmm. uh, a little bit of nervousness, and uh, I feel very humble to be here. Oh man! Yeah. Now I'm gonna cry. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to? Do, do you want to do a? You want to do a yellow card? You want to do a card? Uh, no, I'll do a card. I'm not. I am not scared of cards. Listen, man. here's here's what I think. We did drop a yellow card on you, so we can do another card on Marlon. Just keep going with other cards if you want to. Just spend on time. I'll I'll do a card. Okay, I'm Tom. Not, I'm not scared of cards, bro. Oh, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> <It's like laughs> <a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> pretty terrifying. Okay, cards. Tommy. Here we go. Oh my gosh. Okay, here we go. This is not hard. What don't you have enough time to do and why? Everything. I don't have enough time to do everything and anything. There's not an, like all the things that I want to do in a day. I would need the days to be six days long. I just don't have enough time to do anything or everything. Um, but that's also. That's good though. If I if I had the time to do everything, I would do nothing well. I just no, I, <laughs> I would I would do nothing. Is that because you feel like you would you need to take breaks from stuff? You need to move? No, because if I if it weren't for the constraint of time, I would never prioritize and I would never focus. Like I, if I if I had infinite amounts of time, like mm -hmm. I would just I would always I I know that procrastination is such a big part of me. And so I'd be like, oh, I'll do it later. Well, you don't have time to later. I have all the time. I would just yeah. I would just push everything off and I would end up playing Call of Duty for 12 hours a day. You literally just described my life. So, so let me ask you this. People ask, ask me this question all the time. Like, yeah. How do you find time to do all the different things that you do? Like, do you have a certain flow that you go through every day? Um, I sleep less than most people. That's a real, that's a real answer. How often I, do you sleep? Uh, five hours a night-ish. And so 
if you sleep 10 hours a night or eight hours a night, I just got back 25 to 20% more day than you. End of story. So if I can, if, if, if that, that, that is how things work. I also am very rarely not thinking about the things to do. And my mind, my mind is usually always on parallel tracks. And so when I'm home eating dinner and hearing about my kid's day, I, I can be there in that moment. And in the back of my head, I'm still running like land purchase scenarios and what house to flip next. Uh, or if I'm at the property looking at the drywall that just went up, I'm thinking about, you know, the next podcast and what it's got. So I also not only do I get 25 to 20 percent more day than most people, I also am usually on parallel paths. And so but that's what I meant by if I had all the time, I wouldn't do like if I knew I could do everything in a day, my, the, the facts that I can do parallel paths, I'd be on five and then I would not give enough focus to any. Everything would slow down. Right. Mm -hmm. It would just it'd be a compounding effect. Um, people ask me all the time, how do I get so much stuff done? And I just say I work harder than you. That's the, at the end of the day. There's no there's no excuse for more reps yeah. like more <laughs> more reps are the way to go. Like if you want to if you want to get better if you want to be more efficient at selling so that you can get more sales done in a day, then you need more reps now when you're bad at it. It's not about taking less reps and getting more time to learn to be better so that you can make more of your reps. And that's what most people think. Well, I'm, going to, I'm going to not sell this week. I'm just going to go to a week long sales training. You probably set yourself back 60 days because you could have gotten 150 reps in and learned, learned how to sell. And you, you didn't, you probably set yourself back. Right. And so I always just get more reps in it. Like yeah. if I got to get more graphics designed, I'm going to go sit in Photoshop and I'm going to figure out a new way to do it. Like, and then I'm going to share that. I'm going to get better pathways for yeah. We were, I was before you came in prepping for this interview, working on a project for you. And then also giving, showing Daniel a new tool I learned on Photoshop. I was like, Hey, come look at this. Da, 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 da. Like, okay, cool. Now, you know what you move on and now he'll be faster but like much faster. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was doing four things at the same exact time and eating breakfast. Yeah. So, so, you know, story of my life. Yeah. So I just, I, I pile, I compile opportunities when I can and I sleep less. So something I like to tell people is I, uh, I live in tomorrow so you can thrive in today. Right. So do you ever see that being dangerous in a way because i'm always like i'm always yeah. ten, 10 years in the future for sure man and then luckily i have my amanda Venzia, my amazing partner like she keeps me grounded my, my andrew yeah, yeah you're andrew, andrew yeah. yeah she keeps me grounded and she's like okay that's a great idea but let's put that in the table for now we'll come back to it let's focus on things that we have to do now to get there mm -hmm. and that's something that i can't do because i'm always in the future all the time you know yeah i'm getting better at that um as i mature and as Andrew and I work more together. Like I just become more like him and he becomes more like me. And so it's, we're getting to be a whole person soon. Um, but it, you know, we, we, we approach things so much differently. And so it's, we, we talk about it. Like if the answer is six, he's probably saying three plus three is six. And I'm saying three times two is six. And we're going to argue about it, but the answer is always still six. We're always coming to the same conclusion from different perspectives. Um, it's gotten to the point at this, at this time in our relationship uh, as partners that, I'll, I'll stop an argument and be like, look, we're probably saying the same thing. Let's, let's talk about what we're trying to say and not try to explain it to each other. And then that usually solves it. And we move on because we just know it's happened so much. <laughs> I've witnessed this. Yeah. It's, it's happened so much that it's like, Oh, wait, wait, before we get in a fight, like you're saying what I'm saying, I'm just saying it backwards. I'll take the backwards part of it. That's fine. And we'll just move on. 
Um, and it usually is me because I'm, my brain doesn't work in a linear logical way. So I'm out of the box and I'm, I'm thinking of like five different ways we can get to this thing. And he's like, Oh no, if you just add three plus three, then you get six dummy. Um, he never calls me dummy. He's thinking it a lot. Yeah, I can see it. Little, yeah. He won't say it cause he's kind, but I know he's thinking it. Um, but anyway, so to your point though, I, I just think that like the, that whole ability to like, live in the future so that people can thrive today is such a it is such a you thing um i find i have found that that was a skill for me and then when i started being able to connect to people in the now and like facilitate the thriving that was even more that was more of a thrill for me than the living in the like i can anybody can stand in the middle of the room and point like, you know, there, there's managers, you've, you've worked yeah. for them, um, that don't actually do anything, but they stand in the middle of the room and point at everybody else's stuff. I don't know um, what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, but uh, You're probably it. thinking of the same person, aren't you? I guarantee you. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, anyways, guy's an asshole. Um, I'll put it on record. I'll say his name. I don't care. Uh, so, but... But it takes it takes a special person to not only like stand in the middle of the room because he lives in the future and point and go, this is where we need to be. This is where we need to be. This is what you should be doing to plug in and actually see someone thrive and be hands on in that. And get your um, hands dirty. Get your hands dirty. Right. And so when I started doing that, like even with you, like with Leadfast and that your opportunity and me coaching you through that was really motivation for me to do this at a higher level because. I was able to say, oh, man, that really did, like, inspire me to do more of it. Um, and so, you know, thanks for that. Thanks for letting me be a, a voice that, you know, I got something out of that, too. Well, I wouldn't be here right now if it wasn't for you, too. Oh. So. Dang it. Oh. Who needs real, real talk. He can Who make needs me cry. You? Yeah. It wasn't um, even a question. It was just a statement. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You got to do a yellow card, and then we'll, we'll end on Daniel doing man, a yellow I card. Man, I thought I'd weasel my way out nah, of this. Nah, nah. Okay. If you could change one thing about yourself besides your beard. <laughs> why would I change my beard? Who knows? What would it be and why? Oh, man. I think it would have to be procrastination because I am a like textbook example of a procrastinator. I think that comes with the fact that I'm 80. That's the worst thing? That's the, well, for me, it's the worst <laughs> no, thing. No, no. I'm just. <laughs> no, that, no. I feel like you, I feel like you absolutely I just was like, yeah, procrastination. Let's well, throw that okay. in there. I, this is, the if you could change one thing, the procrastination main, the main is what I you're say changing. is because I've been thinking about it. I mean, a lot. I'm just saying, I got deeper stuff. I, I mean, I know things I about you that deep. I would change. I can get this. <laughs> Besides procrastination. I want to hear them. Say them. No, no, no. Don't say them. Please don't say them. I can get deep. I don't know if everybody wants to go that deep with it. But, um, no, I like, for real, a lot of the problems that I have in almost every aspect of my life comes from the fact that I procrastinate because I feel overwhelmed by something in the moment because I have to give, like, so much attention to what I'm doing now. This is just me. So if I'm working on a project, like a graphics project, and then someone's like, hey, I need this, I need this, in my head... I start getting overwhelmed because I'm like, well, I've got to stop this momentum here and go to that. But what happens is I know that I need to finish this. And so I focus on finishing this and then I forget about these things and they <laughs> fall through the ground. And it's not just projects. It's things, you know, like maybe, uh, like to call my mom and wish her a happy birthday. I've, you know, like I, sometimes I, I'm like, Oh crap. I, I forgot gotta, mother's day two years I gotta, ago. Bro. Uh, oh man. I forgot my wife's birthday once. See, uh, so wow. We suck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> Sorry. I love you, Ashley. Uh, <laughs> 
it was just we'll just give like a big shout out and, and hope it uh this covers. counts this is, on a, this yeah. is on a podcast in seven countries so you know whatever but no that's that that's a big thing for me because procrastination is like a gateway thing for me it leads to to forgetting it leads to me being like like more anxious because now the pressure's on and having to work like six times harder to get stuff done that most people don't even work half the time, you know, half the speed that I have to do it on. So procrastination that's, is a big thing for me. That's huge. I love that you just said it was a gateway thing. Yeah. It, because I'm sure that there are, there are small habits that are gate, gateways yeah. to other, like to anxiety and, uh, you know, self-esteem and all these other things. Cause when you procrastinate, you feel a lot when you feel a lot, you feel worse mm -hmm. about yourself, stuff like that. But I, I wonder, I, it would be a great like thing to do with a group of people to go through a, like a personal inventory of small habits that make big changes. Cause like yeah. you could change procrastination, right. you know, you could get tools. That's an easy thing to change. And then look at the like sort of butterfly effect, right. snowball benefits of it where like, I feel more confident in myself. Yeah. I get more wins. I get addicted to winning. So then it becomes more, it yeah, comes, yeah. becomes more beneficial to me mentally and emotionally to schedule and all these other things. I don't know. When I get Sorry, that, my brain might went, no, no, no. That, gateway. I was like, Ooh, that's, that, and that's exactly, I've, I've only recently, like maybe in the past, like, two or three months become self-aware of that. And that's why I say procrastination because when I get anxious and then something else happens, not even work-related, it just, it affects that. And it affects everything that like branches out into like that enters into that anxious state of my, my we're gonna, mind. We're going to do a completely different podcast. We're going to do a complete like curriculum on that. So like, let's do it. I think that would be so like, you stay tuned. Tell stay them where tuned. they can find that stuff. You can find that stuff at Lead Fastco on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also go to leadfastco.com, our website, and get lots of resources. And subscribe to the podcast, share the podcast, write into our social media questions you may have for, for Tommy and other business people who come on, like, like Marlon, who know their stuff. And we will see you guys next time. Hey, thanks, Marlon Gordon. FirstTasteTV.com, Next oh, yeah. Gen Innovator. If you're in school food at all and you don't know this guy, you absolutely should. Marlon Gordon at nextgeninnovators.com. Got it. And it's an XT, not an EXT. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Awesome. Thanks right. for coming on, man. See you next time. Love you, buddy. Thanks for having me.